0: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you don't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your order of $50 or more for all your parties and events, and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network.
1: to work, crisscrossing with Joe's right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two, and Jost...
0: the best avalanche coverage Back-up. in denver Hello,
1: hello hello
0: Welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. Similarly to uh, AJ Haefeli last night, I am joined by absolutely no one. AD is en route to California uh, so that he can cover the Abs taking on Oh, let's see who they have this weekend. The Sharks and the Ducks, I believe. I don't think they, uh, I don't think they have the Kings. I'm still getting stuff pulled up in front of me. Uh, as I'm, I'm just getting this started, and you guys know, I'm unprepared. I'm always unprepared, but I'm, uh, I'm slowly but surely getting there. So the trade deadline is come and gone. I know AJ talked a little bit about it last night. Trade deadline passed. The Avs made one notable move in picking up Derek Brassard. We will get into what my thoughts are on that later. But here's what I thought we would do for you guys today. AJ. Oh, I told you guys where AD is. I never told you where AJ is. AJ is actually on his way up to Loveland to cover the Eagles tonight. Uh, I know he's going to try to talk to AJ Greer. A couple other guys. Uh, Avs AGM, Craig Billington. So he's got uh he's got a full night and we didn't uh we didn't want to make you guys wait. So we wanted to get this up. We wanted to get this posted. And uh that's what we're doing. So what I was going to do for you guys, what we wanted to do for you guys was AJ touched on every uh you know, on what the avs did yesterday, some of the moves around the league. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go and we're going to take stock. Where is everyone at? The the trade deadline has has come and gone. Your team is your team. There's no more. Oh well, they could add a piece. Oh well, you know they might be moving you know so and so out. This is it. This is what we've got from here to the uh, uh, to the end of the year. So I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to kind of just run through every team, what they did, what they didn't do, um, my thoughts on on what they did or didn't do, basically. And then we'll go through the West, and then that last segment there, what we're going to do is we're actually going to run through what the Avs and the Senators did and how those two teams look uh, here going down the end to the end of the year because those are the two teams that you guys care the most about, and both are for Av-related reasons. So what do you guys say? Should we just go ahead and jump in? And I promise by the time we get around to the third segment, me talking about the Avs, I will have let you know by then if they are also playing L.A. this weekend as I get like my eighth screen going. Let's see, where do you guys want to start? Where do you guys want to start in the East? Let's, let's start with the lowest hanging fruit, right? We're going to go... Uh, this is my show. I get to kind of make it up on the fly. We're going to go by the wild card standings. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go by the wild card standings and, uh, that way we can maybe have a little bit more interesting discussion about who we think can get in, who can't. And by discussion, I mean, maybe I can talk with myself. So let's, uh, let's start it out. Tampa Bay lightning. This is the easy one. Um, they didn't really need to have to, to add anyone. I know that they were, uh, talking about possibly adding, uh, you know, a, a depth D, they didn't do it, basically. I, I actually I'm going through here. I don't even think the Lightning made any even minor league moves yesterday. So they they stood completely pat. Look, I mean anybody who, who's been following uh you know what what we've been talking about, what we've been tweeting about the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're the cream of the crop. This is arguably the most complete, the best team. Uh, you know, we've seen since the the nineties as, as far as dominance, they have a, a chance to break the all time wins record. They've got 19 games to go. They have got to win. If they win 14 of those 14 and five ties, the all time uh, wins record for the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, 15 and four obviously breaks that record. Now, where they still technically have a shot, but man, is it going to be tough, is to break the all-time points record, which is 132. They currently sit at 100 points. With 63 games played in today's era, that's absolutely insane. They're 15 points ahead of the next closest team, which is Calgary. Um, 16, 2, and 1 in their last 19 games breaks the all-time points record uh, at this point. I want to see him do it. They don't play the abs anymore this year. Uh, I think they've got Ottawa at least once. So I, I'd love to see him do it. They didn't need to make any moves. They stood pat, which was uh, which was probably the right call for them if they couldn't get something at the exact price that they wanted. Uh, let's go now to Boston. Boston made their, their big move a couple days ago in acquiring Charlie Coyle. I like that ad for them. Uh, And then they added Marcus Johansson yesterday as well. This is a guy that was rumored the Avs were in on. The price was maybe a little too steep for them. Uh, Boston ended up paying a second this year and a fourth for 2020. Uh, Personally, with where the Avs are as a team, I'm happy with what they did instead. Uh, But Marcus Johansson and Charlie Coyle definitely give them a little bit of a boost offensively. You know, this is a team again that I could see uh, with 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 the moves they made. I could see them going second round, but I just I just don't see this team going toe to toe with Tampa Bay. Uh, that's obviously important because they're in the same division so i I really do. I think the second round is is kind of it for them. And and even that the way things stand right now they'd have to go through Toronto who let's uh, let's talk about now. Uh, to me that's a toss up if that's if that's your matchup in the first round it's it's a toss up the Leafs. Again, similar to the uh, to the Bruins, they made their big move before. This was back on January twenty eighth by acquiring Jake Muzzin. I know the word out there was that they were possibly still looking for a uh, a right hand D yesterday. Didn't they? Didn't get anybody meaningful. They did make a trade. It was for future considerations. That's going to be, uh, you know, Budapest is going to be a guy that that goes down into uh into their minor league system and then they picked up nick patan as well uh from from the winnipeg jets again neither of those guys are moving the needle for uh for you for me for anyone so i i think toronto's a team that that felt pretty good with where they were at they're maybe hoping to get a little bit more out of william nylander here uh down the down the home stretch to me boston made uh the moves to pick up Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson to keep pace with the Maple Leafs. And, uh, again, just looking at the standings here, uh, it looks like Boston Toronto is probably going to be your matchup. And with the way the teams are currently constructed, uh, I'm probably, I, I would probably pick Toronto there to, uh, to finally break that curse and, and get past the Boston Bruins. But it all depends on... Uh, we'll see what Marcus Johansson and Charlie Coyle do here down the stretch. I'm not that high on Charlie Coyle. It has nothing to do with the fact that he plays for the Wild. I just always thought he was a bit overrated. Uh, nice shootout goal in his first game with the Bruins, though. The New York Islanders. Maybe the surprise... Not maybe... 100% the surprise of the year in the NHL. Uh, this is a team that was in heavy on Mark stone. Obviously they didn't get him. We'll get to that here a little bit later. Uh, but for me, I, I was kind of happy for, for the Islanders that they didn't get him. Now, obviously Lou Lamorello is only going to go for it. If he thinks his team has a true shot. Um, but for me it, it really would have been something similar to had the avs of 13 14 really sold out and and gone for it at the deadline the islanders there's look there's the, these teams every year in the nhl last year's new jersey and colorado uh, the year before that i believe it was columbus uh you know, every year, and, and obviously Vegas last year. Every year you have one of these teams that, that just catches fire out of nowhere. No one expects anything out of it, And they have a great year. But as you're seeing from the Avs this year, success one year doesn't guarantee crap for the next year. So I like that the Islanders were able to stand pat. Hey, you're playing with house money. How many times did we say that last year? Uh, you're playing with house money uh, if you're the Islanders. You might as well just, just see what you can do with that current group. Don't give up anything that you're, you're going to need to build uh, long-term. And, and that's what they would have had to do to get Mark Stone. Now, Mark Stone's a great piece. But then you're kind of putting yourself back in that weird spot where it's like, all right, we got Matthew Barzal. We got Mark Stone. But other than that, we got a bunch of guys who no one really expected much out of this year. Uh, so I liked, I liked them just staying where they were at. Washington capitals who are currently occupying the second position there in the metropolitan. Again, this is a, this is a weird situation for uh, not necessarily weird, but the capitals got over that hump last year. It's not, you know, it's no longer, what can they do? What can they add? How can they finally get over the hump? They got over the hump. So what they did, uh, and this again, what wasn't, uh, uh, let's see. Math is hard. This wasn't yesterday. This was a few days ago. Uh, they, uh, they acquired, man, oh man, I'm, I'm, it's near the end of the day, folks. I'm my brain is moving slow. I can't read and speak at the same time right now. And when I try to speak, I can't get the words out. So I apologize. Uh, they picked up Carl Haglin. And this has been a guy. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna pull up his page here uh, just to see just how many teams he has has actually been a part of. But here's what I've always loved about Carl Haglin. Carl Haglin always seems to be going to a team that's like right there right on the cusp and they feel like that's a depth guy that can really put them over the edge. I've actually liked Carl Hagelin for the abs for the last couple of years in a middle slash bottom six role. He's got the speed he fits in. He's a guy that, I mean, he's not going to do anything overwhelmingly spectacular from a, from a point production standpoint, but look, you're going to get between 20 and 30 points from this guy pretty consistently. And especially in the playoffs, that's a really nice piece um, to, to have down your lineup. So I like that ad by the Capitals. It's, it's kind of under the radar. Uh, and then they also pick up Nick Jensen and then uh, immediately extend him. I believe it was five years. Again, those are, those are quality depth ads. You're not giving away the farm uh, to, to get either one of them. And I think it makes you a little bit better. Um, and Washington is in a, I mean, they're in a wide open division. You've got the Islanders who are two points ahead of you. You've got Columbus, who we'll talk about here uh, at the end of this segment. I'm going to go ahead and save them. Uh, they're four points behind you. And, you know, past that, you've uh you, you know, you've got Pittsburgh at 72. You've got uh Carolinas in the Atlantic. Uh you've got Buffalo at 66, so they're gone. So you just you if you're Buffalo. <sighs> If you're Washington, just, I I, I like those ads. I think they make you just a little bit better. Right now, my pick for the the Eastern Conference Finals is obviously going to be Tampa Bay. uh, And then probably Washington or Columbus, just based on on what they've done here in the last week. I I, I like those ads for for Washington. That's a team that's still got a lot of pieces. Carry over from last year. I like that ad. I'm going to skip Columbus. I'm going to finish off this segment with them for obvious reasons, which will then bring us to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I promise we'll start moving a little bit faster here as we get down to these teams that that have kind of, you know, sold off or or kind of folded in for the year. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, man. I don't know what they were doing last or uh, yesterday. Uh, They pick up Eric Goodbranson. They say they're going to play him with Jack Johnson yikes man uh, and they also pick up chris weidman as well from the florida panthers uh to me those were moves that that you've seen the abs make in the past uh bargain bin guys uh now obviously there's probably a bunch of you in your car right now are saying oh or what the abs did with derek brassard sure fine whatever um but that was an interesting ad for me uh for the Penguins. That to me, those were a couple moves that were that were kind of um Detroit playoff streak esque where it's hey, right now we're on the outside looking in. What can we do that just makes us just, just marginally better than the Carolina Hurricanes? And honestly, I don't know if they did it. Those were two kind of um Hail Mary's with your eyes closed, you know? You're just trying to see if you can get anything uh, to help you out. I don't know if the Penguins make make the push this year. It's going to be close. Um, I skipped right over our wildcard teams. Montreal. Again, to me, this is a team that's overachieving a little bit. Uh, to me, this is... Um, this year's New Jersey Devils, where, hey, they might get in, but I don't see them making much noise. I think if they pull you know, Washington, Columbus, if they pull Tampa, uh, I think it's going to be pretty short for them. Uh, and and as such, again, give them full marks the same way that, that you give Islanders full marks. They didn't go out and make a, a bunch of crazy moves and sell off a bunch of futures and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. They made a couple moves earlier in the month, uh, picking up some fringe guys. I I like that decision. Any team that that is uh, that knows where they are, where they truly are, uh, I'm all in favor. Carolina Hurricanes, man, how bad do you want to see them get in just because that has been a really well constructed team for a long time that just hasn't had the goaltending. Uh, they pick up Thomas Yurko yesterday, again, a, a, a fringe depth ad, um, if you even want to call it that, um, that's fine, they, you know, again, add around the fringes, the, the word is they tested the goalie market, couldn't find something they liked, uh, be it the price or the player, and so they just said we'll we'll go with it and we'll we'll attack that in the summer. There's going to be a, a couple free agent goaltenders that hit the market this summer. Uh, Buffalo, again, a couple of minor moves. I think they are far enough out of it that they uh, you don't want to sell off. You're not rebuilding if you're if you're Buffalo. Uh, but the one move that they did make, as I'm trying to find what the return on it was. Uh, so uh, I shouldn't say the one move they made the day before the deadline, they acquired Brandon Montour, who we, we talked about this trade on the podcast already. That's a really nice pick, uh, pick up for them. But again, that's a, that's a long term piece right there. That's not a rental. That's them saying, Hey, this is a guy that's going to be useful to us now. And in the future, you're six points back. I don't know if you can make up that ground, especially against a, a, A hungry Pittsburgh team to to just get in. A hungry Carolina team to finally make it. Uh, And then, you know, with all the success that Toronto has had and all the coverage they've had, Montreal, you know, is motivated to get in too. So I don't know if Buffalo can do it, but I like that pick of a Montour. Montour is a great defenseman that's going to help them out now and in the long term. Only other thing they did yesterday was they dumped off Nathan Beleu for a sixth-round pick to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, so a, a pretty stand Pat kind of day for the Sabres. The Flyers obviously made the big trade with the Nashville Predators, acquiring Ryan Hartman, and I believe it was a fourth-round pick in exchange for Wayne Simmons. Um, and, and obviously we'll talk about Nashville uh, from the other side of it. This was a move, yes, it was a conditional fourth-round Uh, pick in 2020 and Ryan Hartman coming back to the Flyers in exchange for Wayne Simmons. Um, For the Flyers, it was a move that you had to make and um, good on them for making it. They, They had one thing they had to get done and they did just that. The Florida Panthers, they are clearing the decks, man. They know that they have a great shot to land Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. And it looks like they are clearing the, the, um, uh, clearing players out to to make some cap space, so they that's what they've been up to for the last handful of days. Obviously, they made the trade with the ABS for Derek Brassard, um, which again we will talk about in the third segment from the ABS point of view. But you gotta like um, what you're seeing from uh, from Florida. There, they they have they have their eyes on the prize, and they're gonna fully fully go for it here. Let's see. We're gonna keep moving here. The New York Rangers, very well documented, what they have been up to. Moving on from Matt Zuccarello, Kevin Hayes, and just about everyone else, it seems like. Uh, and and obviously, you get a nice reminder, a nice sobering reminder that uh, yes, these are you know these are your pro sports teams, and you want to cheer for them, you want to see them do uh, you know the right thing. And you get angry when they don't, and wins and losses and all that stuff. But you see the video of Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, I mean, literally breaking down in tears over Matt Zuccarilla being traded. And it does kind of remind you, hey, these guys are people uh, that you know make friendships and and relationships and things like that. And uh, this is a very, it's an interesting time of year for sure. It's it's uh, it's easy to lose sight of uh, of the human aspect, but. You know what, we'll talk Matt Zuccarello and the Dallas Stars here in the next segment. Uh, So they move on from Zuccarello, they move on from Adam McQuaid, and they uh, move on from Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes fetched them a night's return of Brendan Lemieux, uh, first-round pick this year, as well as a conditional fourth-round pick in 2020. Uh, New Jersey Devils, uh, we already mentioned they sold off Marcus Johansson. I like that move there. Again, you've got a you've got an expiring UFA that you know probably isn't going to stick around, move on from, get from them what you can. And the Detroit Red Wings move Gustav Nyquist to the San Jose Sharks. That's a nice depth add for the Sharks, and we will talk about that here in the next segment. I'm going to go ahead and push Columbus to our third segment because I have a lot of thoughts on what they are doing. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump to our first break. I know that was kind of a long segment. I apologize, you guys. Uh, but so that's kind of where everyone in the East sits. That's that's what I think of of you know what what they did yesterday. And and the teams that are in the playoffs. I think the only team that that's in that playoff conversation that that did something yesterday that I thought wasn't the right move was was Pittsburgh. And and again, just kind of making those. Oh, we just have to get in. That's all we care about moves. And to me, those usually set you back more than they help. Let's jump to our first break here. And we come back, we will do the same thing. I will speed it up a little bit uh, for the, uh, for the Western Conference. Sorry, guys, you know, once you know how we get, once we start talking, we just kind of start rambling and uh, we love talking hockey. So that's what we do. BS and Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back.
1: but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would
0: recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help.
1: Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today.
0: Welcome in segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast. Hey guys, I got to remind you about that Strava Craft Coffee that we talked about at the beginning of the show. We talk about so much. Make sure you guys are using that promo code BSN2019 to receive 20% off your complete order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. StravaCraft Coffee Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Again, that promo code BSN2019. 19. All right, Western Conference. Let's start at the top, the Calgary Flames. Uh, to me, this is another team that's in that same class as the Islanders. Uh, Calgary missed the playoffs last year. I like Calgary. I think they have a good team, but I think they are also majorly benefiting from uh an insane year, not insane, but but an overachieving year out of uh, Riddich, their goaltender, their rookie goaltender. Uh, he's not necessarily a rookie, technically, but he's a young guy for sure. Um, and, and just a lot of things are going right for them right now. That's a good team. Uh, but, you know, Mark Giordano is having a career. You have a lot of guys who are having career years. So, again, I like the decision here by their GM. They added uh, Oscar Fent- uh, Fantenberg. From the LA Kings yesterday, that's that's another kind of depth add. This is a team that we thought maybe was going to be in on Patrick Nemeth, um, so that's essentially what they did. They added uh, they added Fentenberg, and and I like that. They're saying, hey, look, we know that this might not be who we are. Obviously, they're not saying that verbatim publicly, but by what they did, what you know, what they're saying is. Um, we know this might not be truly who we are, so let's see if we can add around the edge and, and what kind of run we can go on. I, uh, I like that from uh, from the Flames. San Jose Sharks, you know, they, uh, they're all in this year. They are all in this year. They obviously made their huge move last year at the deadline and uh, this summer, uh, right before the season started. So they weren't going to be... There was rumors that they were in on Mark Stone trying to go, uh, you know, big game hunting one more time, but it didn't really work out. They had Gustav Nyquist, who I think is a great middle six add for, for uh, an already deep team who, I mean, this really is it for San Jose. They're, they're taking their shot. And, uh, and if you make it, great. It all pays off. If not, your window's probably closed if you're the Sharks. You don't know how many more uh, years Joe Thornton has. You got a lot of big contracts to sign. I have a feeling Eric Carlson walks in the summer. So uh, San Jose uh, pushing all their chips into the middle for sure. Vegas Golden Knights. They are arguably the winners of deadline day yesterday. Not necessarily trade deadline. We'll get into that in the third segment. Uh, but the the Vegas Golden Knights, they do it. They, they land the, the big fish that was out there yesterday. They acquire Mark Stone. Now... Not a lot of people thought that they could do it because not not even necessarily that, that the Knights couldn't do it, that anybody was going to want to do it because of what the price was. And I think you saw that as that trade went so late into the day and, uh, but what was so impressive about what the golden Knights were able to do on this trade was they were able to complete it without having to give up a first round pick. Now, the reason they were able to do that uh, was because they sent Eric Brandstrom back the other way. Uh, I mean, blue chip deep prospect. And, and I think that's someone Ottawa can be happy with the, the idea of it having, Eric Branstrom and Thomas Shabbat as your top pairing two, three years down the road. Gives you a lot of reasons for optimism. I know there's been a lot of talk about it recently. Um, but Ottawa, if it wasn't for the owner, there's a lot to be excited about there in the future. We're going to talk about all that here in the third segment. Either way, huge, huge for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. They don't give up a first-round pick. It's Eric Branstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, And a 2020 second round pick that originally belonged to Dallas. Uh, In exchange, they get Mark Stone and Tobias Lindbergh. So, huge win yesterday for the Golden Knights. They tried to do something like this last year. uh, And when they tried to acquire uh, Eric Carlson, didn't work out. You go and you look at what the Golden Knights' top six looks like now. You know, you've got Jonathan Marchessault, who everyone always knew was a good player, and we knew that was a great pickup for the Knights when they made it. Uh, William Carlson, obviously, had a, his, his huge year last year and is still having a, a much better season than I thought he was going to this year. I'll be completely honest. I thought he was someone who was going to take a huge step back into that uh, 10 to 15 goal range uh, for the year. Now, granted, he's not a ton beyond that. He's uh, 18 goals, 39 points this year, but that's still, you know, you're comfortable with what you have in, in William Carlson. You throw Mark Stone on that wing. Now your second line is Max Pacioretty, Paul Stasny, and uh Riley Smith, who's probably a little bit better suited there on that second line, to me that is a that's not a second line you'd expect for a second year expansion team. That's a uh, that's a veteran top six right there that I think uh, really has a chance to make some noise uh, again. Uh, I, I think if they pull, um, I think if they pull Calgary, I'm taking Vegas all day long. If they pull San Jose, I think that's a seven game series. That's a total coin flip. Uh, I like what they, I love what Vegas did yesterday On to the central Nashville predators. They acquire Wayne Simmons. To me, this was a, we got to keep up with the jets move, uh, the jets and the predators. I think it's safe to say both have disappointed a bit this year to me, Nashville though. We talked about it last week. Uh, when the Avs beat up, beat them up at home, this is a team that is made up of Carl Soderberghs. It's just it's just Carl Soderbergh copy and paste uh, all over the lineup. What I mean by that is obviously the you know someone like Philip Forsberg. Much more skilled than a Carl Soderberg, uh, you know Ryan Johansson. Different skills. I get that. I'm not saying they have everyone that, but but that's their talent level. In my opinion, they are. It's just a roster littered with with guys that are anywhere from 30 point guys to 60 point guys. Um, to me, that is that's an extremely tough team to beat in the regular season. Um, but I think part of the reason why you haven't seen them have any postseason success. And even when they got to that Stanley Cup final, you never really felt like they were in it. Um, is because they, they just, they, they can't stand toe to toe with, uh, with any teams that have elite talent at the top. Anybody that's got a, a true top line that can really just take it to the other team. Nashville is always going to struggle with, you know, Nashville was picked. There there were people last year. They were saying, Oh, can I take Nashville in three over Colorado? Blah, 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 blah. They had a hell of a time with the abs last year. And you're not going to convince me. Otherwise it's because of the fact that over a seven game series, they just can't hang with top end talent. And with, All due respect to uh, Wayne Simmons. He's not going to do that either. Uh, Again, when it comes right down to it, Wayne Simmons isn't a a top-end elite guy. This is still a team that will obviously, obviously get into the playoffs. But I will say this. If they... If they don't pull a wildcard team, you know, honestly, I, I, I think Nashville is kind of my sleeper to, uh, to go out in the first round. Uh, I, I I think without, uh, without adding a big gun yesterday, uh, they, again, this is another team that was in on Mark stone without doing that to me, this is just another team that, uh, is going to have a hard time keeping pace they have a hard time keeping pace if they, if they don't have that top end talent, they also add Mikhail Granlund, which sure there's some skill there. Um, but there's a reason Minnesota was willing to move on from, uh, from Mikhail Granlund. Nationalist doesn't, they don't scare me in the playoffs. I'll put it that way. They, they can out depth you for sure. Um, but you've got to be able to trade blows with with those top-end uh, you know, talented teams. You pit them against a San Jose, uh, I, I just don't think that they have the firepower to match. Uh, you can argue Vegas now uh, after yesterday, uh, especially with the way that they play such up-tempo hockey. I just think Nashville has a hard time competing with the top-end guys. So Wayne Simmons, while it's a nice ad doesn't move the needle much for me uh Winnipeg Jets Winnipeg Jets man oh man this is another team that you could tell tried to go all in yesterday they made a total of six trades and uh meh they had Matt Hendricks that's that's a response to uh the Predators getting you know a Brian Boyle they're gonna try to you know, play that heavy, heavy hockey. They pick up Kevin Hayes, which is obviously the big one that gives them a little, uh, a little bit more depth down the middle. Myself personally, I wouldn't have paid their price uh, that it took to get Kevin Hayes, but that does definitely give them a little bit more uh, stability down the middle with uh, with some of the guys you got on that team i uh i like that i think that's that's a a move where you can say hey we can go for it we've got shifley uh we've got ehlers you've got blake wheeler having a a career year uh you add kevin hayes to that obviously patrick line having a having a down year to say the least um there's a lot that you like there jacob truba tyler myers uh Dustin Bufflin, obviously. Connor Hellebuck. I think that's a nice add that that just makes him a little bit more competitive in a league where you have to have centers. Uh, I like that move for the Jets. St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues, huh? Um, Wow, this is another team that that you would have thought would be selling like crazy just a month ago. Uh, But instead they add Michael Delzato. Again, I think this is. I think you're finally starting to see GMs be realistic with themselves, with where their teams are. St. Louis missed the playoffs last year. Uh, sure, they add Ryan O'Reilly. That's a nice add. He's had a career year. Um, but you have to know if you're the St. Louis Blues. Hey, look. We we just rode a 12 game win streak back into this conversation. That's not going to happen every year. Uh, I think by them saying, "Hey, look, we got to hold on to some of these future assets. Can we add somewhere that that makes sure we get in for for our fan base? And from there, we'll see what happens." But I mean, they're getting they're getting great goaltending as well, and and you know how quickly that stuff can switch. So good on them. That's something the Blues have always been good about, is being realistic with where they are. I like, uh, you know, Central Division Rival, all that stuff, whatever, whatever. Uh, I like seeing teams make smart moves. I thought that was a smart move for them. Dallas Stars, they uh, made their big splash in acquiring Matt Zuccarillo from the uh, New York Rangers. Again, this is this is a guy that they said, hey, this is going to put us over the top. All right. uh, Dallas, I don't have enough... Time to fully get into what I think about the Dallas Stars. AJ and I touched on it last week. Um, this is a team of just a bunch of guys. They, they've got a team that's a poor man's Nashville Predators. Uh, you know, Tyler Sagan's a solid, solid center. Uh, Jamie Benn has lost a step. Alexander Radulov, okay. Past that you don't have much. I never thought the Matt Zuccarello thing was a good deal for them, especially giving up a second and a third. And it got even worse when he got hurt the very, very first game. And it looks like he's out. I believe they said uh, six to eight weeks. You feel bad for everyone in that situation. (laughs) You feel bad for everyone in that situation. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, the Dallas stars, their fans, all that stuff that really sucks. Uh, your big splash gets hurt first game. Uh, basically done for the season. If you don't get in, you'll probably never see him uh, in a Stars jersey again. The other move they made was picking up Ben L- L- Lovejoy, which again, that doesn't move the needle. For a team as mediocre as Dallas, that just does not move the needle. Uh, and you're now without a third-round pick the next two years and a second-round pick this coming year. Uh and I believe you're, you are—you don't have a second or third round pick any either the next two years because Vegas just traded uh, a pick that originally belonged to the Dallas Stars uh, to the Ottawa Senators. So, uh, no second or third round pick the next two years. Dallas, I think they'll just—they'll sink into mediocrity. They'll live and die there. Minnesota Wild. Uh, Minnesota Wild management sure thinks that it's time to try to get out of that dreaded middle. The the Minnesota Wild have been the league's most mediocre team uh, for a long time. If that was the Predators, I'm sure they'd have a banner over it now. Uh, But the Minnesota Wild have, have been just good enough to get in every year for the last several. And they'll catch someone off guard and go to the second round every now and then. But you never feel a threat from them. And, and they did, they, they, I don't want to say they started selling, uh, but they move on from, from They moved on from uh, Nino Niederreiter a few weeks ago. And then they go and extend Eric Stahl. Uh, Conflicting messages there. Don't really know what they are doing. I don't know what they're doing. That's not me saying that they don't know what they're doing. Here's what I'm going to do to speed this up, you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about Avs, sends, and jackets in the next segment. No one else really from the West did much yesterday. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks made a couple smaller moves. Uh, that's a team that's that's coming. Uh, you know they're up they're up and coming uh you you don't feel like you gotta make many moves there the arizona coyotes again they're they're three points out of a playoff spot no one thought they would be that close you're playing with house money there's no reason to go and add if you're the coyotes uh the blackhawks you know same thing none of these teams we thought you know we might saw might see a couple moves out of none of them did chicago i think had the trade deadline been a week earlier you might have seen them do something but they've even fallen back they're five they're back to being five points out uh after sitting in a playoff spot uh very briefly last week Edmonton I don't think uh I, I mean I don't think anyone knows what's happening in Edmonton I think that's gonna be an organization that you'll see be pretty active in the summer but I think they're treating this season as as a lost season um they traded Cam Talbot to the Philadelphia Flyers straight up one for one for Anthony Stollers, another goaltender. Um that'll just go into the rotation. LA Kings obviously moved uh Jake Muzzin uh at the start of the month to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Anaheim Ducks move on from Brandon Montour. They get a couple pieces back that with as well as that team drafts and develops. Um you know, so they'll get a first round pick, and, and Brendan Goulet, that's a good situation for him. Let's take our second and final break here. When we come back, yeah, we're gonna talk Jackets, we're gonna talk sends, and we are of course, I'm gonna give you guys my take on the Abs uh, move from yesterday. Obviously, uh, AJ touched uh, you know on on it on last night's show. Him and AD also did a Periscope from the press box, so I'm sure you guys are Derek Brassarded out. So we'll talk about it just briefly. And then uh, what the other two teams that, uh, I guess Columbus doesn't necessarily mean anything for the abs, but they, I think, easily win the award for most intriguing team at the deadline. So we'll talk about all of that, you guys. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue third and final segment bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage i am your host jesse montano we are uh we're what 27 hours past the trade deadline at the time that i'm recording this and uh I've run through twenty-eight teams, what they did yesterday or leading up to yesterday, and and what I think about it, and and why I think that about it. But now we're down to three teams: the Colorado Avalanche, the Ottawa Senators, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, how should I do this? How should I, do I want to talk? Let's talk the ABS at first. I just want to get this out there. Cause you guys haven't been able to hear from me yet on what I think of Derek Brassard. Uh, this initially was yet another trade that a lot of people reacted to and said, Oh, here's the again. buying out of the bargain bin. Why would you waste that pick? Blah, 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 blah. Here's why I like it for the same reasons that I like what Calgary did. And I like what the Islanders did. Uh, I like that the ass said here's a guy that is a UFA has been a, a very effective player in the past uh for for multiple organizations he's gone to the Stanley Cup finals he's won a Stanley Cup um he's had a down year but we can add him on the cheap and it's a move that makes your group better. Now, does that move make the Avs a Stanley Cup contender this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what it does do is it it rewards your guys for saying, hey, look, you were in it. You went through a bit of a slump. You've gotten back in it. You have a chance to get in. Here's a, we have two third-round picks this year. I'm willing to sacrifice next year's to give you guys a shot in the arm. And, and again, this is a guy in, in Derek Broussard. He's 31. His contract is too expensive. All that stuff. Here's the good news. He's off, he's off your books in just a couple of months. You don't have to bring him back. And if you don't bring him back, you get a pick in the process. The, to me, I didn't see a lose here for the Avs. Uh, scores a goal immediately last night. There's a 20-point guy on the year. Uh, if you can get five to ten more points out of him, in this regular season and you get into the playoffs and he chips in here and there and he helps make it interesting to me. That's, that's worth it for the price that they paid. Uh, It's worth it for the same reasons, a team we're going to talk about here in just a minute, the Columbus blue jackets for the same reason, all the stuff that they did is worth it. Obviously on a much bigger scale to me, a 2020 third round pick makes your team a a, a little bit better and it gives your guys a shot in the arm to say hey we brought in reinforcements for you we gave you a little bit of help now go get in if if and when Colin Wilson comes back from injury it pushes Gabe Bork out of the lineup and you can have your guys like AJ Greer and Andrew Agazzino playing big minutes in the AHL now My one thing is I wouldn't have sent down A.J. Greer. Uh, I I would have kept A.J. Greer with the team. And I thought you were starting to get some of his best hockey of his career out of him. And uh, I thought that would have been a nice reward for him to have him help you go on a a playoff run. A.J. is going to try to get to the bottom of that tonight as to why he was sent down, if there's any plans to call him back up. But... Uh, for me, adding a guy like Broussard moves someone out of the lineup who he is better than. He's better than Andrew Agazzino. Uh, he's better than Sheldon Dry. He's better than Gabe Bork. Adding a guy like that, once you get back to full health, uh, it allows you to move some of those guys out of the lineup. For the cost of next year's third-round pick, I don't have a problem with it. You just... And it's true, obviously, regardless of what they do with the rest of their picks. Um, but you've got a nail on them this year two first round picks. One's at this point of the year, more than likely going to be a top five. Uh, then you're going to have your own, you're going to have your own second round pick, and then you're going to be picking right at the top of the third round uh, with, with Ottawa's uh, third round pick. So you got to nail those. And uh, if you nail those, the third round pick from next year doesn't hurt you too much. I like the move uh, for the Avs. Ottawa Senators. Well, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. We said, hey, look, this is a team that's got some dangerous guys. They've got some guys that are playing for contracts, and, and they've, they've got some guys with, that have nothing to lose. This could be a dangerous, this could be a scary team, and they were for a little. And, and we also put the caveat on that that said... If they do sell off all their guys, all bets are off. Well, they sold off everyone. Uh, Here in the last week, uh, they moved on from Matt Duchesne. They moved on from Ryan Dezingle. They moved on from Mark Stone. It briefly looked like they were going to be moving on from Mikhail Bodker as well. Mikhail Bodker as well, however you want to pronounce his name. Um, So, I mean, they're... <laughs> They're down to it, man. I mean, they've got uh they've got very little left. I'm pulling up just so I can get you the accurate statistical uh numbers here. I mean I mean the last time I looked, their leading goal scorer had 14 goals on the year after yesterday. Uh so imagine your Best forward being JT Comfer. Your best forward. That's the boat the Ottawa Senators are in right now. Obviously, why does that matter for the abs? Well, they are currently sitting, I'll readjust my view here on my league standings. They are currently four points back of the next closest team. And they are currently getting pummeled six to two in Washington. We talked all last summer and a lot of this year about what if. What if Ottawa is that bad? And this first round pick becomes a high, high, high first round pick. Uh, And now February 26th, Ottawa has 20 games to go. And they're really starting to fall behind. They're really starting to fall behind the pack. And the moves they made yesterday... I mean, this is as close to uh, punting on the final 20 games as possible. Now, I don't want that to sound like a bad thing. Ottawa had to do it. Mark Stone wasn't coming back. Matt Shane wasn't coming back. And Ryan Dezingle probably wasn't coming back. Um, from what it sounds like, they made their, uh, their last ditch effort to sign Mark stone. And he said, sorry, it's just, we just can't meet in the middle there. It's not going to work. And, uh, they moved on. So they're, they're, I mean, their best, their best players are gone. They're going to struggle. They are going to struggle to win five games the rest of this season and uh that's that's great news. That's great news for the abs. if as long as that keeps up, um, I have a feeling the abs are gonna be picking uh, at the at the lowest fourth. so yesterday went about as well as it could uh, for the abs from Ottawa's standpoint. All right. Last team that we want to talk about here is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, now, we talked about Columbus the other day when they when they acquired Matt Duchesne. And we were like, wow, they're really going all in. And then they uh, went and added Ryan Dezingle. And then they went and added Adam McQuaid. a lot of a lot of mixed feelings uh, about what uh, what Columbus did here in the last couple days from from a lot of different people here's my take on it was it clearly the wrong thing to do was it clearly does it does it go completely against conventional wisdom does it set you up to have a rough handful of years yes all of the above do I think it was their only option yes and I think that because of what the Ottawa Senators had to do last year at the draft where you say hey be smart you know you know you probably won't be even as good as you were this year next year you know that next year is a you know has some elite players at the top of the draft where you could be picking that could completely turn around uh what you're doing much quicker or you could hold on to the pick and take Brady Kachuk who's going to be a really good player in this league And they looked at the situation and said, we can't look our fans in the face and say, we're giving up this year's pick because we're expecting next year to be so much worse. You got to remember, you still got to sell tickets and you've still got to, you've still got a fan base there and you've still got to sell merchandise. So when I step back and I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets and what they did, you say, all right, here's a team similarly to the Minnesota Wild." Uh, that has just been drowning in mediocrity since they both came into the league in 2000. Uh, The only difference is, Minnesota has seen marginal playoff success. Columbus has never seen the outside of the first round. Now, that comes a little bit of an asterisk. I believe it's each of the last three years they have lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion. So, they're also just in a in a division where they're pulling a really tough draw in that first round. But for me, you step back of your ownership and you say, all right, like Ottawa, we have two guys we know aren't coming back. And there are two best players. It's the best goaltender we've ever had in this organization and probably will have for a long time. Best goaltender. We probably will have for a long time. He's gone after, after this year. Uh, We've got an electrifying elite winger who is also gone after this year. And why are both those guys gone? They don't want to live in Columbus, Ohio. No offense to anyone living in Columbus, Ohio. That's just the fact of the matter. And it's hard to attract free agents to a small to medium sized market in a location geographically. that doesn't have the same appeal as, as, you know, warm weather in Arizona or, or you know, Florida. Obviously, players want to go play there. Sergey Borovsky and Artemi Panera, we talked about it in the first segment. Florida, the Florida Panthers, the smallest market in the league, they're clearing the decks to, to add someone like that, uh, to add both of those guys. So Columbus has all the same challenges of a small to medium-sized market, but they they aren't a destination location. So they're saying, all right, We're going to lose our two best guys. We're going to have a hard time attracting free agents in the summer, like we always do. And how much longer are our fans going to put up with the future? The future. We're building. We're building. We're building. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're building. We're building. We're building. Avs fans complain about it here in Denver. But you have to remember this really only started for the Avs where they've been not good or, or they'll make it to the playoffs and they fall back out and then they're really bad and they finish in the... That's been going on since uh, 2008. The Columbus Blue Jackets have been living that since 2000. You're almost 20 years into this. At some point, as AJ put it, you've just got to say... We're doing this for right now. You know, no matter what, you you weren't going to be good next year. No matter what. And you probably weren't going to be very good the following year. And even if you had sold off Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky, that probably wasn't going to be enough for you to fall far enough in the standings that you'd get any kind of substantial pick. Now, obviously, you would have gotten some... Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, I never thought they were going to trade. Goaltenders like that are almost impossible to trade in the middle of the season because of how much he'd, he'd want in return. And everyone knows that whoever's going to get him is going to have to give him a huge contract. Um, could they maybe have found a suitor for, for Artemi Panarin? Sure. But they listened to calls, and the decision they made was, he's more valuable to us on this playoff run than he would be if if we traded and, and started this whole process over again. Cause no matter what, you're rebuilding after this year if you're Columbus. Would it be easier if you had some if you had your your first round picks the next couple of years? Yes. Obviously. Obviously, yes. But doesn't love the fact that they look, sat back and said, rebuilding after this year, we're losing our two best guys. This is this is probably the best team we've ever had. Let's freaking go for it. And they go out and they get Matt Duchesne. And they go right back to Ottawa and they get Ryan Dezingle. And then they go at Adam McQuaid yesterday. To me, that is... Columbus and Pittsburgh bring it on. The only way I see that this doesn't work for Columbus is if they go out and, and like lose in five in the first round or something, which I don't see happening, but that's the only way I see this being a disaster. And even then, if you're their fans, yes, are the next handful of years going to suck? Absolutely. But wouldn't you feel it feel better if you knew that the organization Gave a crap about you and said, we're going to sell out and, and we're going to call San Jose and we are going to push all of our chips into the middle of the table. And, and hopefully you can enjoy that and, and come along on the ride with us. I, I love it. I think what Columbus doing is exactly what the NHL needs more of. I actually, uh, I just upgraded my uh I, I, I paid for the last couple months here of Center Ice. It was like fifty bucks or something like that on, on uh on my TV. So I could follow the Blue Jackets and obviously so I could follow the Senators. Um just because I think I think the Blue Jackets are gonna be a fun team, man. Here till the end of the season, I think the Blue Jackets are gonna be a fun team. And that's something there's not nearly enough of the in the uh in the NHL is fun. And uh I really like that. I think them selling out Adding Dezingle, adding McQuaid, adding Duchesne to Panarin to Bobrovsky uh, is great. You know, none of them are coming back. Maybe you throw, uh, you know, I, I mean, Ryan Dezingle went to Ohio State. So maybe he sticks around because uh, he likes the area. Maybe you give him some nice money uh, for him to stay. Uh, but I think for, for Duchesne to stick around, it'd have to be a substantial cash offer, which who knows? Maybe they do it and, and maybe he likes it just enough. Um, but, uh, odds are he walks Panarin walks and Bobrovsky walks and you got to start all over. But I, I think in the meantime, you'll give your fans a fun, uh, a fun ride through the playoffs. Well, guys, I have rambled on for long enough. My mouth is dry. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. <laughs> AJ and I will, uh, will have a show for you guys tomorrow it should be uh, a a breakdown of the abs and canucks and then we are expecting uh, ad even though he's on the road he is a dedicated uh, member of the media so he should have a show to you on friday i have heard who he's um, been trying to get as the guest but it is not set in stone so i am not going to say anything on here so look forward to that Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, we really do appreciate it, especially when it's just us on here. So I know sometimes it's hard to listen to the same person talk for over an hour, Uh, but hopefully uh, hopefully these are still just as enjoyable for you guys. So thank you very much for listening. For nobody else other than myself, I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys all so much for listening.